Everybody and welcome to this special episode of Trash Future. Special because it's the four of us minus Riley and I am in the driver's seat somehow. It's the free one. <laughs> Try and stop me saying it now, Riley. Where are you? <laughs> On holiday like a bitch. What if a guy from Indiana was Canadian? Mm. <laughs> I mean, the funny thing is wow. our accents are probably pretty close. Going out I mean, for a rip, are you, bud? I, I did not realize that Riley was Canadian until oh, when I was editing the show as the producer living now. in New York, probably about three <laughs> or four episodes in when I heard him say like a boat or something like that. And I was like, oh, okay, it's tell because the accent is so close. Obviously Toronto accent and you know, Midwest English is pretty similar. The, gr- the great escape. The Germans catch out the Canadian escapee as he's about to get on the bus by going, going out for a rip. Are you buds? Oh, yeah, you betcha. Oh, fuck yeah, bye. (laughs) (laughs) Catching out a Canadian by just being like, he doesn't sound like he's carrying a gun right now. The hell, the hell kind of American is this? So, of course, this is basically the the, the cat is away and the mice will play. We're going to have an episode. We're going to talk about a couple of things. And there's actually quite a decent amount of stuff to talk about. To begin with, we've got a startup, uh, but... Rather than make you guess what the startup is, I'm going to talk about it because once again, we're sort of being trolled, but not, mm. and also are. It's difficult to say. We're going to talk about a startup called Post Dates, uh, which is was created to be a commentary piece, apparently about. Yeah, it says a lot about our society. Yeah, exactly. It's it's it it genuinely is. Hey, get a load of this society. Do you know how I but, got these? Apps? Do, do you want to know what the but, developer uh, uh, says? It's a commentary on. Oh, tell me, please. Emotionally charged things people have strong feelings about, like relationships, gig economy, tech startups in general, and the fact that people are paying workers to do things like their emotional labor for them. Corporate social responsibility, Black Lives Matter. <laughs> so here's the thing, though. So the app is. Actually real in Los Angeles and New York. You can download this app. You can make it happen. You can can get on it and you can basically hire gig economy workers to go to your ex's place to pick up stuff for you from a breakup so you don't have to do it yourself. Now, Mm. I was thrown off because I heard about this and then I went on their website and I went on their about. And it, I'm reading from the about section. It is <laughs> their boat. Post Dates is a fully operational parody of a company that goes by a very similar name. Okay, so Postmates, Post Dates, got it. But fully operational parody. When I hear parody, I, I just there's a part of me of my in my brain that just oh, it's it's the best kind of parody, the kind that just mm. recapitulates the thing that it's parodying. Fully operational parody. Uh, the, the Iraq War was a fully operational parody of Desert Storm. <laughs> I mean, now we're just doing like Baudrillard <laughs> stuff, you know? Yeah. I guess to me, it's just like, so your commentary on the gig economy is to Do make a gig it. economy yeah. app. Yeah, exactly. And be like, isn't this fucked? Like, mm. I don't know. I mean, is to me, there's very little difference between like, hey, get a load of this app that does bad things. And like someone making Uber works the exact same thing as Uber, but your driver has to be dressed as a mime the entire time. <laughs> like, <laughs> and he's not actually touching the wheel. It's just a <laughs> Tesla on autopilot. And I mean, they're, they're the, like their critique of the gig economy that it's stupid is like, yeah, 
we know we, that's that's the thing that we do this podcast about but like yeah get in line <laughs> yeah pretty much don't do our thing but worse by making a fucking app you know i mean or do it but don't be surprised when the only people who respond positively to it are people who got verified because they worked at BuzzFeed in 2014 mm. and yeah. everybody else is like, what the fuck is wrong with this you? This parody app will change your life. Oh, wait. Yeah. I think I just dissed Hussein. I think I sneaked dissed Hussein. Sorry, Hussein. Yeah. Hmm? <laughs> sorry, I was sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to come. I'm just trying to come up. With, I'm just trying to come up with like a fun little joke about um, um, the clown, the, uh, the clown Uber. If, if you had Hussein being Hussein on your bingo card, mark that down. <laughs> yeah. um, you get a little clown car rolls up as your Uber. You yeah. Know? Well, what 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 I was what I was going what I was going to say. Every, I was trying to find every like clown a, Uber is an Uber pool clown. Yeah. <laughs> I was, I was trying. I I was trying to like find a good. Uh, place to like interject but i wanted to say that like i think for the, the clown uber where you were um, in a in a in a hypothetical environment of self-driving cars um is like actually probably something that we will be ending up having to like guess on this show anyway because i don't know like you know after after like you have automated track like you get to that level of automated transport being somewhat feasible you know then the only thing left is like entertainment because every, like all this type of gig economy stuff lends itself to benign forms of entertainment anyway. So yeah, absolutely. I think a gig economy job is going to be like doing, um, like making uh, slurs out of uh, uh, balloons, like during a very short trip from one side of the city to the other. <laughs> I was thinking about this. A friend of mine, his family is originally from Macau, but he, he was born and raised in New York city. And when we were both stationed in Korea together, we went and visited his family. It was like Sweden, go to Hong Kong and Macau for like a four day weekend. And in Macau, obviously Macau is kind of a cursed place. Like it's, it's cool, but it's also really cursed because the cool stuff, they're sort of like, Portugal, no, that's too shabby. It's Chinese. Yeah. They're like, that's too shabby. And, and we don't like it. We want to, we want to get rid of that. And we want to get, we want to replace it with cool new stuff, like endless, insane casinos. And, you know, you go to these casinos and I remember seeing like a, a middle school trip of like the richest mm. French girls you'd ever seen in your life. Like imagine being in middle school and they're like, we're doing a middle school trip <laughs> to yeah. Macau. All chain smoking. Uh, yeah, just, just, yeah, it was grim. But there was a part of the, of the casino slash mall that mm. uh, emulated Venetian gondolas. And they had flown yeah. in white dudes to fucking paddle fake gondolas <laughs> and sing in Italian. And they were very obviously not Italian. And I was just sort of like, <laughs> this kind of rules, but I'm also seeing my future. Yeah, it's like, like J.D. Ballard, right? Mm. Like, yeah, yeah I, I haven't read enough Ballard to know. I, I, found, I found an interview with the, uh, the post-dates guy, which has okay. an incredible sentence in it. Okay. Uh, We've we've made two parody sites now. Uh, the first one was Amazon Dating, um, and we wanted to take that to the next level and make it experiential. Mm -hmm. It's right. kind of like watching a Black Mirror episode, but it's your Whoa. real life. Crazy <laughs> Black Mirror. So so mm. so like, is this is this kind of I I don't, I wouldn't I, I'm thinking about like what kind of parody this is and whether it's sort of like Tanya McGrath level parody, but yeah, for like exactly. Stuff. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't think it quite is. I think it's like in, if you have like a Venn diagram, like I think it kind of like has a very small intersection. Mm. It's not quite as like dumb and also like not funny as Tanya McGrath, but it's also just sort of like parodying stuff that is 
um, not as stupid as like stuff that already exists. And it, and again, it, it also doesn't, it, it, it kind of takes the whole thing of like, it's, it's almost like TF season one where it's like, mm-hmm. you, you take the piss out of like the startup, but like we've gotten to the stage where it's like, okay, well there's like an underlying logic that's like creating all these types yeah, of startups exactly, and, that, exactly. and that should be, and that really is sort of like the butt of a joke that no well, all one All of the like interviews getting. with them seem to be like, uh, well, you know, it's, it's stupid that like apps are like insanely overvalued and like even profitable uh, mm. when they do stupid things, but it's not like going that step further. Also, my other concern with this is that Riley 100% put it in the notes thinking it was real. So, yeah, I mean, because it was it was getting tweeted about like it was real by a lot of people. And then I went and took a look at it and read in the about section and stuff and found this. I mean, their description was it says, yes, it actually works. We designed post dates to get your stuff back from or send stuff back to your ex or just someone who you're no longer in direct contact with. I love to send the bailiffs around to my ex-girlfriend's house. I'm I'm re- I'm I'm reading this interview that Alice like mentioned, and there's one question where, uh, but one of the questions is, what does it say about startup culture to make a product that you didn't think shouldn't exist? And the um the person who invented it on uh it made the parody says startups are so so serious. There's no humor in it, and they think it's going to last. Oh, forever. there is. Well, <laughs> well, they're doing the opposite. We're going to make this last a couple of weeks for a limited time only, mm. and then we're going to take it away. But we would love to keep doing these and make something where art meets tech meets entertainment. So it's sort of like it's not. It's, 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 Suck your own dick. <laughs> do you yeah. know? Do you know what it is? It's kind of like it's kind of like the people who do the lions led by donkeys, um, stuff. Yeah, led, by, bill, donkeys, led by donkeys. The stupid. Not the, not the lions yeah. led by donkeys. Not Joe Kasabian's show. Which no, is I'm good, sorry. I'm sorry, Joe. I'm sorry. No, yeah, led by donkeys. Led the, by donkeys. The the twats who no. put up the stupid no. billboard. No, I'm right. calling out Joe own. Kasabian. Fuck that guy. Yeah, you fucking asshole. It's on the site, you bitch. The like, second yeah. most a podcast I have been on has offended Joe Sabian <laughs> after when Liam said he was Albanian. <laughs> oh, I was on that episode. That's <laughs> right. You bunker dwelling bitch. Come, <laughs> come find me. I'm very sorry to Joe Kasabian and the band Kasabian, um, just by extension, yeah. just in case. Uh, Linda Kasabian, very sorry <laughs> to her. This guy keeps going on about the Albanian genocide. I don't know what the fuck he's talking about. <laughs> but like, but like, yeah, I think I think it's very much like they hit on something that could be funny, mm. could be parodied, is interesting, but they like entirely missed the point. And like, more importantly, I think like all these sort of like critiques of dumb startups have been kind like the to the level that they're doing it has kind of already been exhausted. I don't know, like I've sort of been rewatching mm. um, episodes of Silicon Valley recently. And it's like, it's quite remarkable, like how good they were, at, like mocking a lot of these startups during like sure, yeah. kind of twenty oh, tens. Yeah. But like that stuff has already been exhausted. So again, like we have this, like they fail to sort of understand what makes something like post dates funny, and it's not what they do. It's like the fact that you have a startup culture where everything is overvalued, but underlining it is like, why don't we get poor people to just keep delivering stuff to other people that run similar delivery setups? Mm. And, and I think also it's, it's the, the time old issue of if you make a satire of something, it has to be clearly identifiable as satire. Satire requires a clarity of purpose, lest it be confused with etc. That guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. That, what that what shit. if a Swedish man? Hear me out on this. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing that that requires a lot of clarity of purpose and, wh- and why you're making fun of Swedish yeah. and Italian men. 
But also, if you don't have that clarity of purpose, then extremely credulous Canadians who are in a hurry to go on holiday might think your company is real. (laughs) Mm. What if a Canadian man was on holiday? (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah. and, And to me, it's like, I think the thing that gets me is that there are Alice, I don't know if you're the person who originated the joke about femboy hooters, but to me, that's funnier, like because it just the idea of a hyper niche, hyper specialized thing mm. that requires uh, anyone who works there to sort of prostrate themselves in, you know, to correspond with some obscene customer service thing. That to me is way funnier as a joke than you know, uh, like when Warby Parker, the the, the order online eyewear company in America, they did a fake website for like glasses for dogs called Warby Barker. And like, all right, it's kind of funny, whatever. But like literally they they retooled their entire website up to the point where you would click purchase on a thing and they're like, oh no, it's fake actually. This is again, that's such a like BuzzFeed thing. Exactly. That's why I said earlier that like the people who were like, hell yeah, this rules or, or you know, cheering the people on are all people who got verified because they worked at BuzzFeed in 2014. And as a result, like that, that mentality, like it's, it's kind of goes beyond Reddit brain. I don't know. It's just, it, it, to me, it's just, I understand what it's trying to parody. I share the sentiment that the gig economy sucks. Yeah, and glasses for dogs would be funny. Yes, exactly. And Femboy Hooters is fucking hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> What if you went to Hooters and it was the exact same thing, except everyone who worked there was a femboy? I would, I would find that very funny. Yeah, I mean, well, we've got, we've got the whole constellation of restaurants in that universe now, along with like Tomboy Outback Steakhouse, <laughs> Milf <I> Denny's. Do... <laughs> yes. Well, I don't have any further comments on uh, on this bullshit. I'm running this like it's a Battlefield update I think, brief. I, I think it's a lot like an episode of Black Mirror, but like. In real life, <laughs> I yeah, would look. I would, I would personally love to be in a situation where I have to get a post dates guy to uh, to uh, curry all my hentai uh, from my ex's house to my uh, to my to my uh, gaming basement <laughs> to, to my gaming basement in my parents' <laughs> house. I think that'd be very funny. Just I would a guy a guy cycling along with a gaming chair wedged into the Uber <laughs> Eats box. <laughs> Yeah, or just like I don't know, like uh, yeah, just just a guy cycling with one of those baskets on his bag, and the basket is filled like, with like um, uh, La Blue Girl. Uh, yeah, manga. yeah, yeah. He's like he's like Rory Kinnear in that episode of Years and Years. He's got like fifty boxes. He's got like a body pillow slung over each shoulder, and he's just trying to cycle. Delivery box right. stuck to his That's concave right. that, ass. Look, this is this is this is the future that liberals want, and I and I'm and I'm a liberal. That's right. Well, all I can say then is, um, boo, get better material. Um, that being <laughs> get said, get off the stage. Get off the stage, you fucking bird. Um, I, I was also alerted to the fact that Secret Cinema is now crowdfunding oh, and boy. trying to get people to invest in their business model. Now, critically, mm. I lack a certain degree of context. I know through osmosis of being around you all that. Secret Cinema is known to be kind of bad. If but you're going to call it Secret Cinema, you should be allowed to jack off in there. That's, <laughs> that's, so Secret, yeah. Secret Cinema, if, you, if you're not familiar, is like a sort of... Um, it's a, it's a place thing. for cunts to go. 
Exactly. It was like, it's a spin-off of Secret Gigs. And if you know yeah. Secret Gigs, that's like a dipshit thing to do. It's like you do a gig, but you don't announce, you know, where you're playing it until like a couple yeah, of Yeah, you don't want people before. to come and see you. What are no, you, no, no, guys exactly. to come look at you? What are you, gay? Exactly. So, so you do like uh, screenings, but they're like, um, you don't announce them very far in advance. And also, crucially, you do a sort of like theater in the round immersive experiential bullshit thing. I went I went to a secret cinema um in in this like woods just off the A4 um, and I had to wear and I, I had to wear a mask and I wasn't allowed to wear trousers. It was a little bit weird just to be honest. Dogging by accident. A screening a screening of Sallow where it's just dogging. Well, where's the funniest place you could put up a sign saying secret cinema tonight? Because uh. I think dogging layby is up there. <laughs> yeah eyes I, wide I, I shut theme secret cinema <laughs> i think that's a good one yeah i mean engineering like pulling the fucking emergency alarm on a car in the tube and then so the tube train gets stuck and then everyone suddenly has to watch you whip out a battery powered projector and they're like oh not this fucking asshole again uh but i just can't yeah exactly <laughs> yeah he this does just, this every time mm, keeps happening to me but the thought had crossed my mind that in the past, something as, well, twat-centric as uh, Secret Cinema would probably be a thing that could attract investor capital. Yeah, whereas this, this is like an IPO, but less regulated. Uh, presumably, you don't have to make any sort of disclosures when you're crowdfunding. Um, so yeah, it's, it's an interesting approach to equity. And I, for one, think that's good. I think mm. not declaring stuff is good, actually. And also, the the, the sad thing about fucking um, secret cinema is that it's not even really a hipster thing anymore. It's like a thing that like management consultants who are not from London but have moved here for a graduate scheme do. Yeah, it's like old a, hipsters. Yeah, even like young. It's like an extremely like a girl you're already bored of talking to on Hinge ass thing to go to. <laughs> <laughs> How many secret cinema things have you been dragged to against your will? I, on this I, basis? I draw the line at secret cinema. Like I, that is, <laughs> if someone asks me that, I'm like, no. It's one of those things that comes up when like you are, are really struggling for date ideas, mm. um, and like when you go on like websites like Plan My Night or something, Time Out or something, and you're like, yeah, yeah, they'll kind of like be like, oh, you know, you can go to like a rooftop and go see. Um, a classic film like uh, I mean I did I don't know like what um, they yeah, they tend do, to like, do you want to see Brazil while clinging to a drain pipe <laughs> by your fingertips? Um, you know, and you get to kind of just like you know sit on a garden chair and have like expensive drinks and stuff like that. Like it's really just it's a very kind of like typical. I know like secret cinema exists and like has existed in other cities too, but in the context of London, it's very much a type of event that's like very fitted for a city where everything is super expensive. Mm. Um, and there isn't actually like a lot of space to do anything. It, like it kind of sits there with like indoor golf where the main thing isn't to play indoor golf, but to get really drunk on expensive drinks yeah. uh, or like bowling, similar thing. Um, and, or like, I don't know, like it's not quite the adult ball pits, but it's somewhere like slightly underneath it. Yeah. He's also like, they're shitty to their staff, is the other thing about Secret Cinema. Like, notoriously so. Uh, I believe TV's Abigail Thorne has, like, mentioned Secret Cinema before in, like, sort of tentative terms. Oh, yeah, we being... did an episode with her that she, of Trash Future about this, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, not great. 
Um, and I, I do, I do for like right of reply purposes. I will say that uh, when bullying actors is good. When, <laughs> when it came out that they were that like they were using unpaid volunteers to staff stuff, uh, the founder of Secret Cinema, whose name is um, Fabian Riggle. Yeah. Said, <laughs> uh, so I'm not going to say anything about that. D denied these accusations. We are a massive employer of performers. We run a regulated volunteer scheme that allows people to have experience in secret cinema. It's a theatrical experience. You could say that all the audience are acting. Whoa. 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 We live in a society. <laughs> We live in a yeah. We live in a society, and perhaps the real jokers are us. Yeah, fucking waking up from the matrix covered in goo. <laughs> Holy shit! The, the, the matrix was a secret cinema immersive experience. I, yeah, I reckon we're really missing a trick. But like, if we ever get into the events business, we should do like um an uh, an experience economy thing where you can sit in the matrix pod of goo. Mm. <laughs> yeah, just like a pod of warm goo. <laughs> Look, every only want one thing, place. and it's to sit in a pod of warm goo. <laughs> Everything else from the Matrix has basically come true, except the goo pods. That's our marketing. <laughs> the one thing that we want. Uh, yeah, well, it's, it's like it's like the uh, it's like the uh, um, the Millhouse dad meme, right? Like uh, I sleep in a bed of my wife, and I sleep in a pod of goo. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> well, so so I, I, reading this website, I find it very interesting because. Uh, they there's a lot of copy in here that seems as though it's intended to market it towards their you know enthusiastic audience call, mm. call it that and so i'm gonna start there's two sections i want to get through they're they're really funny and you kind of cap it off when you learn about like the company the capital investor that they are working with Oh, is this going to be like found, like funded by fucking Raytheon or something? And then the other, the other bit brands that they invest in, which they announce on this page, is actually quite funny. So they, 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 they the subhead here is accelerating out of lockdown with global ambitions. From 2017 to 2019, our audience trebled and was on track to double again in 2020. Whilst lockdown interrupted this, it became a period of intense innovation, out of which was born opportunity. We partnered with Netflix to take our London Stranger Things show to LA in a COVID-safe way. This show has been a great success, catapulting us to North America and putting our brand on the map. As we emerge from a year like no other, we're set for global expansion. We are primed for growth with an amazing team of creatives, cast, crew, and commercial brain boxes. Uh -huh. Long-term relationships with all the major studios providing access to the world's best content. Hell yeah. Don't, don't talk to me before yeah. I've had my we content. We have boxes full of brains in our office. <laughs> Doing the movie zone. Our most exciting slate of shows ever. New titles, new formats, new territories. With the backing of active partners, investors in some of the UK's most successful consumer brands. And they show them. And the brands are... Rafa, which if you don't know is expensive, incredibly clothing, expensive yeah. cycling gear that they get advertised on Instagram. Soho House. Huh. <laughs> Other play I love they're just like we own everything where uh, cunts like you might hang out. <laughs> Rafa, Rafa clothing, Soho House. Okay. And synergy. L Leon, the fast food place that sells incredibly expensive wraps and salads. Right. Finisterre, the brand of incredibly expensive jumpers that gets advertised oh, on Instagram. Fuck. Yeah, where you okay. pay like 150 quid for a wool jumper. Uh, Honest Burgers. And, uh, and then Secret mm. Cinema is the, is the sixth <laughs> member of this. So yes, like it's you said- It's a total this... vertical integration of one yeah. guy. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it is. It is absolutely like guy who works in finance or management consulting cycles and is a total twat about screaming at people while wearing incredibly expensive lycra gear uh is a member of soho house and eats he, he eats leon on normal days 
but on his cheat days, he eats at Honest Burger. And <laughs> when he's relaxing, he puts on his 150 quid Finisterre sweater, and then he goes to Secret Cinema on a date. Yeah, he's got like a Pharaoh watch, but he thinks it's a bit too colorful. And everywhere he goes, it's like a fucking enormous video game cursor, but comically oversized, like a Broadway marquee, and it just says, this guy is a cunt. <laughs> yeah, do you want to buy a, a, a you know a hundred and seventy six pound quarter zip fleece? Because if so, have we got the theatrical performance for you? Oh boy, do we have the Palo Alto for you to live in? <laughs> well, well, the, there, there are there are some things in the in the frequent, frequently oh, asked. Fuck, they did a secret cinema in Kabul. <laughs> no, that is that is genuinely the case. In 2011, they did a secret cinema in Kabul. Would you like to guess what they fucking? Uh, oh my god! Well, it was, did they what? show the Rambo film with the dedication to the Mujahideen? Did they show the Kite Runner? Was it was it bright? Uh, was it, yeah, was <laughs> it's, it Netflix's bright? It's, it's worse than you can possibly imagine. Uh, Lawrence of Arabia. Oh fucking hell! Oh what? yeah, that's yeah. what. Yeah, get it, King. <laughs> Wait, you, you're kidding? You're fucking joking? <sighs> Secret Cinema takes shadowy screenings to Afghanistan. Shadowy screening. I guess it kind of had to be secret in Afghanistan, or it would have been like a serious event. Well, I mean, I would say I would say that in in 2011 things were slightly different. Like there were there, there it, I don't think it exists anymore. But there was an Australian there was an Australian guy who started a charity in Kabul uh, to teach kids how to skateboard. Oh my like, god! Oh my god! Okay, there's two details here. Detail the first: Riggle was inspired by Afghanistan-based artist and organizer of a music festival in Kabul, Travis Beard. Okay. Uh, okay. Famous Afghan name there. S second of all, as with most activities in Kabul, security is a factor. We're not trying to exclude people, but because of the security situation, we need to be careful about who's invited to the event. Beard dressed in costume matching the film, the identity of which oh. organizers want to keep. <laughs> so basically, so basically, he's, yes. he's dressed as Lawrence of Arabia and talking about oh, there's certain sorts we need to keep out of this place. Mm. <laughs> you haven't seen any Moors trying to get in, have you? Mm. Those men thought I was a Circassian, and then they fucked me. <laughs> oh, it's, it's me, David Badil of Arabia. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, not unhand me. I'm not an Afghan. This is shoe polish. <laughs> <laughs> the frequent, frequently asked questions are relatively boilerplate, but I want to read the first th four to you because one of them is just going to seem very, very out of place. And obviously it's a stupid brand name, but I find it very funny. So the first one, what is equity crowdfunding? They explain. Does pre-registering commit me to investing? They explain. What is Crowdcube? <laughs> why am I why am I trapped in this Crowdcube? <laughs> yeah, I have twenty yeah. minutes to move your cube. Yeah, why has this guy been like bisected with cheese wire in the Crowdcube? Have mm. you ever seen the movie Cube? It's a Canadian sci-fi. Yeah, yeah, movie. I love. It. Fucking... Yeah, it's so fucking insane. Oh my god. Okay. Well, I'm just laughing at the for, for one. I was going to go into a digression about the film Cube and the fact that like. Mm. It's got some incredibly rarefied Canadian accents in also it. Also, like, the Canadian. sequel, Cube to Hypercube. Um, uh, oh, I've never seen that. The, the, the other thing I was going to say was that um, you know who else did this equity thing uh, it, on like a crowdfunding basis was uh -huh. Brewdog, and Brewdog oh, did this fuck. under the name 
Equity for punks. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. Do you feel lucky, so, this, punk? so this really is just like, I want to do an IPO for dickheads. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, exactly. I want to do a thing that, like, terrible Bre- people like. Brewdog might be one of the worst companies in Britain, I think. They're so Probably. fucking annoying. Do you remember when they did that beer that was like women got like thirty percent off because of the pay gap or something? It was like fuck off. Shut the fuck. Oh, it's literally like choke on your own fucking like dick. Stunt based marketing for shit yeah. beer while being shit to your employees. Yeah. No, fuck off. They once charged. I once bought Riley a drink in Brewdog, and he and I was like, "What? What drink? What drink do you want?" And he's like, "I don't know any <laughs> of the beers." And I'm like, "We'll just pick one." So he just picked one at random, and I went up to the bar. And ordered a pint of it. It was eleven eighty. What? <laughs> Jesus it was like Christ. some speciality fucking beer or whatever. I was yeah, like, it was. Jesus. It was. Yeah, it was brewed in a very special microclimate. <laughs> <laughs> Niagara on the beer. I do like the idea that Riley could just throw a dart randomly at any of the beers on tap at Brewdog and find the most expensive one. <laughs> he has a talent. Like a blood, he really like does. A bloodhound sense for it. Yeah. The bouncy of the Brewdog is the birthday boy's reward. <laughs> that is right. That is fucking right. Yeah, I, I remember reading about this recently because BrewDog's employees effectively um, wrote like an open letter to management about some of the just insanely fucked up things they were doing. And once again, it was it was your garden variety sort of like we're a family and families don't need unions and then just doing union busting shit and treating people like garbage. And I, I do find it very funny because like you said, the whole sort of equity for punks thing, like co-opting this very sort of anti-authority attitude. Uh, but then at the same time, being just as shitty, if not shittier, than established brands in things like, you know, chain restaurants. And that would be hard in the United Kingdom to be, for example, more of a dick than the guy who ro- wa- runs Weatherspoons. But mm, like, yeah. Brewdog seem like they're really in contention for that. It's like very, very similar, like small business tyrant kind of thing. But like, yeah. uh, there's a particular kind of like, as opposed to like Tim Martin, the the Weatherspoons guy, sort of Brexiteering shit. Uh, like the Brewdog guys are like it, it both insisting that they're punks, but also more personally megalomaniacal. I think Tim Martin of Weatherspoons has both the look and the vibe of what if the Weetos guy was ravaged by alcoholism. <laughs> 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 yeah, the fair, fair, yeah. fair point. Um, James Mays let himself go. <laughs> so there, there was a thing about this. Um, basically, there's a food company in America that has a similar, like they make vegan foods called No Evil Foods. Of course, anybody who calls their company No Evil Foods are going to be dickheads. Yeah, and um, they effectively they did a similar thing, like going through firing people because they thought they were organizing a union and uh, moving their factory, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, like from Asheville, North Carolina to Illinois or something along those lines, um, laying off a fuckload of people. But basically, it was, it was wild because it's one of these situations where you get this impression that the people involved really believe their own hype. If that mm. makes sense, mm. they really believe their own marketing materials. I love a lot of bougie vegan shit because it's like, let's just say there was no cruelty to animals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and I mean, this is something that we've talked about before, right? Is that like a lot of these guys are like con men who have first and most successfully conned themselves. 
Uh, yeah. Which is just fucking great. That's the sign of like a healthy mm. society and economy. And I can't wait to go to Secret Cinema in Sheikh Jarrah, <laughs> you know? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Secret Christ. Cinema of the line. Yeah. yeah. So uh, the point being here, uh, I am not surprised I, that Secret Cinema is doing this because to me at least, for one, it's that much less capital they have to find mm. from people who actually are going to you ask know, questions. Submit, ask questions and submit them to scrutiny. Yeah. And if they do have, like you said, a, a huge just sort of following of people who fall for this kind of shit, it wouldn't surprise me that if they were able to raise a decent amount of money. It's like it's like if, if Tesla needed, you know, liquidity on their balance sheet, they could probably get every fucking idiot fanboy just give mm. them money. Oh, they kind of did that anyway when they were like letting guys buy cars with Bitcoin and then like their cars just weren't showing up ever. Like it was just a big, big, mm. big joke across the board. Secret Cinema Logan's me. run, everyone has to come as a twink. <laughs> hey, I mean, <laughs> that, that actually might be a decent way of parodying it, of doing a, a Trash Future live show where we just do bad <laughs> Secret Cinema. I feel you like must it'd be, be very... this twink to attend the Trash Future live show. <laughs> no, that's right. It's also, it's, it's, it's being held in Mazari Sharif. We're going to fucking up them by one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. We're doing it in Donbass. So... <laughs> the Donbass. <laughs> as I hear people are calling it. Forgive me for uh, for having to read headlines from one of Britain's shitty tabloids, even if it is uh, not insanely right wing tabloid. It's the mirror, the notional left wing tabloid mm. uh, that is oftentimes also insane. Yeah. Left wing baz. Basically. Yeah. Uh, if you've ever tweeted hashtag socialist Sunday and gotten really racist for some reason, you probably read the mirror. Mm. Under fire health ministers, 27 covid meetings went undeclared for more than a year. According to them, Lord Bethel did not declare a week's worth of meetings, at least nine of which were with firms who later obtained millions of pounds worth of COVID contracts. Huh. So I'll just read. A health minister is facing calls to be sacked after meetings with firms which were awarded COVID contracts worth, than more, than, worth more than one billion pounds went undeclared for a year. Uh-huh. Lord Bethel, whose name is basically, if you misspelled my surname, is already under fire <laughs> over claims. Nortz, yeah, exactly. Nortz it was Bethel. Me. I hear you have information that will lead to the arrest of Nart Both. <laughs> Lord Bethel of Romford? Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yes. baby. He's from fucking Baron Mike Gates' neck of the woods. Baron Bethel of Romford in the county of Essex. Wow. Oi, oi! <laughs> now, you might say to yourself, ah, oh, that's, that's like a life peer, right? That's like a, a regular guy named Bethel from Romford, and then they've made him a peer, and then, you know, they've given him, like, a, a, somewhere that's where he's from, right? No. Hereditary peerage started in uh, fucking 1861. The Earl of fucking Romford. There you go. <laughs> the, Earl, the Earl of Romford, uh, Harrow and University of Edinburgh, incidentally, and managed Ministry of Sound? Oh, no way. It's this guy. It's this guy. It's that this was, that was the big guy. reveal I, was gonna get to, I wanted to get to. But yes, uh, according to this article, he's already under fire over claims he used a personal email account to d- discuss COVID contracts because folks just be doing that. He also faces more questions after it emerged he sponsored a parliament security pass for Gina Coldangelo, Matt Hancock's ah. mistress. Now it has emerged he failed to declare 27 meetings in April last year, nine of which were, were, nine of which were with companies that later benefited from government COVID-19 funding. Oh. Deputy Labour leader Angela Rayner called for Lord Bethel to be sacked. 
Uh, she says, Lord Bethel must be sucked immediately. This racket must end now. Conservative ministers Sorry, think they're- can you do it in the Angela Rayner voice, though? <laughs> that is, th- th- that's like asking me to do a Rubik's Cube on the spot. I gotta be honest with you. Like, I can try, but it's gonna be a fucking mess. Do anyone even you I've not do this? got a dialed in Rayner. How does she sound? Rayner, oh, that's complicated. Very, very Manchester. Yeah, Manchester. Yeah. That's that's the, should, uh, the thing that, is we, we we should like we should like call in we should get Abigail Thorne to cut us a promo of her doing Angela Rayner and then we can just like put that in the episode. Uh, conservative ministers think that there's one rule for them and another for the rest of us, and the stench of sure. seas coming from the government is overpowering. Boris sure. Johnson has already showed he lacks leadership qualities required of a prime minister by fa- failing to sack Matt Hancock. Blah 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 blah. All right, whatever. Who cares? Um, however. The list includes meetings with nine companies, Abingdon Health, SureScreen Diagnostics Limited, Novasite, the BBI Group, Oxford Nanopore Technologies, Cambridge <laughs> Clinical Laboratories, yeah. Optigene, These Una are just Health. syllables. I've got an important meeting with the BBW Group. Sorry, I mean the BBI Group. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, CGI meeting with everybody. BBW, POC, uh... Yeah, B- yeah. BBC. Uh, and, and a further one called CIGA, or CIGA Healthcare, which later benefited from government COVID-19 funding. In total, deals signed... Yeah, Cox and with- Giant Asses Health Group. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Why have you had 29 undeclared meetings with uh, MILF Healthcare? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're run by the Moro Islamic Liberation Front. <laughs> I'm, I'm still laughing at Oxford Nanopore Technologies. Like, We're going to shrink your pores to the smallest they can humanly be. Mm. Or that's, like, that's some laboratoire yeah. Garnier shit. Yeah, that's what they did to fucking Prince Andrew. Yeah, exactly. They did it so successfully. His sweat now, now got sealed over. Sweat. It was like his skin got fucking laminated. Yeah. Yeah. He was like experimentally laminated before being sent to the forefront. It, it is easier for a camel to fit through the pores of Prince Andrew <laughs> <laughs> than for a nonce to go to Pizza Express Woking. But then also there's uh there's another one called Una Health and like it's not mm. an acronym, it's just Una it's like I was at school with her. But uh, in total, deals signed with firms Lord Bethel met just that week are valued at more than one billion pounds. Hmm. Further firm, Quantum MDX, later received 11 million in funding That's from the government's future That's a graphics card. Yeah, it's fucking motor oil. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's like absolutely different different fucking societies there that I go to yeah. graphics card and you <laughs> go to like motor oil. Yeah, gaming. <laughs> Well, I do like that idea that, that yeah, it's, it's it's a health firm, and it's because they're running an app to like outsource NHS services, but it's powered on like a million thirty eighties, and so it's just <laughs> like, no, we just needed all this money to buy all the graphics cards on the market presently. They're not used for exactly, exactly. They've they've driven the price up. Anyway, the thing about it is, I'm laughing because once again, it's also the Ministry of Sound guy. Friends of the show will n- perhaps have picked up on the fact that when we created the character of Richard Highsmith to write the the, the parody song about uh, pay, "Call Me Doctor E," um, it was based on this guy. Like the idea of the Tory <laughs> guy who's in, who's incredibly corrupt and insane, friends with insane people, but also like deeply implicated in the culture industry in the UK mm. is just it, it's a kind of thing. It's that- hard to believe. I know. <laughs> well, it's weird because like that kind of guy is rarer in America in the sense that the only real analog I can think of is when you have like people who are serious TV executives or like the CEO of fucking SoulCycle 
and they're like big yeah. time Trump supporters. Well, it's because in America you have your East Coast West Coast pedophile divide, right? You got your Hollywood pedophiles, <laughs> and then you've got your Eastern Seaboard pedophiles, and they're both doing yeah, broadly it's controlled the same by shit. climate, right? It's yeah, the, it, it's a different satanic zone. Mm. Jesus fucking Christ! But they don't mix. No, I, 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 I absolutely love that you brought up the, the thing that you can only learn if you've gone down the deepest of Wikipedia mm. rabbit holes, that the British one time in like premium phrenology mode hypothesized there was such a thing as the sotatic zone, which is like between these uh, longitude or latitudes. The non-latitudes. Like, the, 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 they're literally <laughs> noncing latitudes. They're like, uh, <laughs> when it gets too hot, noncing just becomes yeah, endemic. In order to explain mm. why all of these like civil servants who like went to India suddenly started noncing everyone around them. They went, ah, it's because the heat makes you a nonce. And that's why there's no nonces in Britain and there never have been. (laughs) Exactly. Other than in very hot summers. Um, Yeah, so yeah, you have like... (laughs) This is why global warming is like an existential national security threat. That's That's probably how you can probably like, you could get like a bunch of like... British imagine people imagine Savile in a Mediterranean climate. <laughs> you could probably you could you could probably get like a bunch of like Brit- British bazes who like would never give up their like four cars and uh, big truck for some reason. If you told them that, if you like um, cut down your emissions, uh, there will be less nonsense. It's a it's a big country thing. I think going back to it, I mean because this is the way the American sports leagues work as well. You got your East Coast and your West Coast. I think that basically like uh, you got your East Coast and your West Coast pedophiles, and then every year they should have like a pedophile Super Bowl where like <laughs> the best the best nonces from both leagues sort of meet up for a kind of like uh, adjudicated noncing contest, <laughs> and then they all get given a ring. God damn it. I don't know. Stole that guy's nonsense ring. <laughs> Chad, move. There's no nonsense in Russia. It's too cold. I I was thinking about what Nate said, and like I do know. So this isn't like a government thing, but I, I do know that in Kent, for example, there are a lot of um, like the the, the people who own like the nightclubs in various areas of Northwest Kent are also like Tory councillors or like people who are like supporters of the Tory, like of the Tory party around here. Um, they have like a lot of kind of different business ventures, um, like quite big, big business ventures. Um, so even in kind of like, even on like a local level, the Tory that is somehow like has a monopoly over the very limited amount of youth culture available is certainly like an archetype. Yeah. Well, I mean, in this case, Basically, the government's response was, oh, yeah, no worries. Uh, We forgot to file this. It's been corrected. No harm done. And when confronted about the whole email thing, it's like, eh, well, we've told our ministers they can, you know, use any method of communication they want. And it's like, it's very obvious that the email thing is to avoid Freedom of Information Act and that kind of a thing. Like, it's it's meant to avoid any kind of oversight. Mm. And I do find it very funny because... There's a lot of kind of, you know, no one, there's no rule that says a dog can play basketball about this. Yeah. It's like a lot of the people really want to to start like tutting about decorum. And it's like these people have already demonstrated they don't give a fuck about this shit. Like they are openly corrupt and they, they encourage each other to be corrupt and you have rewarded them. Can I derail us entirely? Yeah, let's yeah. do it. So I was on, I've disappeared down a Wikipedia hole again. Uh-huh. Because I was reading about Lord Bethel and his predecessor in in that current uh, job as like a, a, an elected hereditary mm-hmm. peer, Minister for Sound. <laughs> <laughs> I have I have found a fucking 
guy, right? And okay. I just I simply want to read you the first sentence mm-hmm. uh, of this guy's Wikipedia. Okay. M- Major Thomas Robin Valerian Dixon, 3rd Baron Glen Torren, CBE, mm-hmm. born 21st of April 1935, is a former British bobsledder and Northern <laughs> Irish politician and former Conservative Party shadow minister for the Olympics. Wow. This is the best country in the world. Valerian. <laughs> Anglo, Anglo-Irish poshos are such a fascinating breed. It's like that fucking that fucking Vandala family who were like involved mm. in um Operation Market Garden. And there was like there were two guys who were both Irish guards officers who were both like in critical roles in the operation who were both called Vandala because like they were fucking cousins. <laughs> he got he got leave from the Grenadier Guards <laughs> to go bobsled at the sixty four Winter Olympics. Yeah. <laughs> Love that for him. <laughs> yeah. Dude's wrong. <laughs> Also, man, <laughs> chap was loading the front of his sled with children. <laughs> Quite an unorthodox tactic. Well, what gets me about it, too, is that I feel as though if you're a labor peer mm. or you're a senior labor figure, mm. you have this coterie of the most venal and amoral and just, you know, almost apolitically corrupt shitheads that are also really, really incompetent. Yeah. Like, you you know all of the dumbest fucking people in British politics, all of the most dead-eyed fucking fish-skinned people who have been involved in, you know, <laughs> labor students or whatever the fuck since they were in university who have been, like, ever since, like, fucking the ability to screenshot has existed in Windows, have been screenshotting their peers, so saving a file on them so they can dime them out, and then they can become the king of the shit heap. But if you're in a, the equivalent in the Tory party, you know so many fucking weird guys. You mm. know, like, like just the bizarre, eccentric, deranged, like you just said, Anglo-Irish peer who was a bobsledder um, and is probably implicated in like several transnational nonsense rings. We cannot say it's actually the case. Well, <laughs> legally, we cannot. <laughs> but that's you know so what much I mean? more like, fun. The Tory weird guys, like they're so like yeah, like you say, like the Labour Party is just full of so many just like boring psychos. Whereas, mm. like, the Tories have, like, interesting nut jobs, Like, guys who are just, like, incredible eccentrics, who are just like, yeah, I, I've bought, like, a ranch in Cambodia on which I do stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but they, yeah, they, well, it, uh, one of the things that I think is, like, during this sort of, like, Labour government years, there was this real emphasis on, like, a certain kind of, like, managerial bureaucrat or, like, the kind of consultant class, and they really sort of, like, filled up Labour Party. Um, whereas I know, I guess like the Tories have always had this kind of streak of like eccentrics that have gravitated towards them, but have also just kind of been able, because they've been just allowed to get away with so much, I think they can, a lot of them like can afford to be eccentrics in the way that I guess like your average Labour supporter or like activist or aspiring MP like just can't. Yeah. Of course, this doesn't go for 10 out of 10 Instagram baddie Luke Akehurst, who <laughs> we all enjoy well i was thinking about this too because invariably this will happen whenever there's some like minor you know call it pastoral scandal in a way like some niche regional interest thing happens like 
Tory guy has to step down. Tory Lord has to step down from some position because, you know, he, he technically is not allowed to be like, you know, the chairman of some trust as well as like the chairman or on the board of some private company that's involved in the trust's business, that kind of a thing. And then when he resigns or whatever, he apologizes, they post like his parliamentary photo and it looks like you, you like an Easter Island statue and the bully from Toy Story had a fucking child. <laughs> like, just the weirdest faces and you're like that 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 doesn't happen in nature under normal circumstances no, no. I, like I, I mean there is currently or was very recently uh, a house of lords scandal right where um three peers refused to do mandatory diversity training and like Incredible. decided to like make a like last stand against it Mm. So I'm, I will never learn. I will, what any of I will these never are. take the like uh, forty-five minute treating your employees with respect course uh, because I mean, it's treasonous. What gets me about that is that no, I mean, my outsider take on British politics is that none of the people who are doing it like because they have to mm. actually give a fuck about that. No, there are perhaps a handful of people in a few parties who are genuinely committed to not running abusive workplaces. But everyone I know who's worked in British politics has said, like, actually, everyone is a fucking asshole and they treat people like shit. And like, no, even, even by the incredibly low bar of the standards of British workplaces in the, the non-governmental sector. Oh, yeah. No one normal goes into politics. They're all fucking freaks. <laughs> None of these people would be allowed to keep their jobs. But... Basically, they they're the ones in charge of investigating themselves, and so like that's you know that 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 abusive culture basically creates this environment in which like everyone's just pencil whipping that shit. They're not actually fucking. They don't care, and so it just makes me. I mean, it, it literally like in America, you have at least some some hilarious examples of this. Like, what's her name? Uh, the 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 governor of Minnesota who uh, whose name who who got made into the weird diaper vor fucking meme that those freaks were sharing i can't remember her name anymore like my brain is soup oh, but know. uh i'm not joking I, there was a, a governor of michigan she was running to be or not michigan minnesota she was running to be president she didn't do very well i'm mm-hmm. forgetting her name because i'm tired she was famous for uh, getting mad at an intern and throwing a stapler at them. Uh, one time she was like in a meeting Amy or something. Amy Klobuchar? Amy Klobuchar. Yes, thank you. Oh, wow. Amy Klobuchar. Uh, she also was famous for um, getting really mad because they didn't get utensils from... Uh, she was really famous for DMing Alice. <laughs> oh, I wish. They didn't have um, utensils when they got her a salad for, for like her dinner. And so she's like, fuck it. And just took a comb out of her purse and ate yeah, a salad with a comb. Stuff. Normal, um, normal stuff. Weird fans of her made, and I'm not joking, like a like a diaper vor cannibalism fetish cartoon of her uh, that involved her um, wearing a diaper and eating a cartoon Ivanka Trump and then pooping her out. Uh, uh, I'm not joking. Anyway, that's the kind of you know, deranged American politician. But I feel like the level of, if not an equivalent level of physical abuse, although I'm pretty sure there is, but certainly like, you know, em- call it emotional abuse, seems to oh, be yeah, just really, like really screaming common. at people a hundred percent. Like that's just like normal. That's how you show uh like you you're interested in something is by like screaming at somebody for four hours. And also I think it's kind of gone worse. I mean, like, I feel like the millennial generation of politicians are gonna be sort of even more annoying. Cause oh, if I take... Imagine getting fucking cry bullied by some uh, oh. some fucking Tumblr kid who is an MP now. 
I can tell you, basically, having met some student politics people at, mm. um, at one of those universities that we have in the United Kingdom, the student Tories were all <laughs> one of like, them. yeah, one of the one of one those of the two, one of those two. Um, all of the student Tories were um, like suits to lecture wankers. Right, mm. and all of the all of the student labor people were Luke Akehurst. Right. Those are the two kinds of people who go into <laughs> politics in this country, and they we're all suck. so fucked. Yeah, yeah, and 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 yeah, and it's going to suck for like one of the like a bunch of them are just going to come from the University of York. Mm. Yeah. So for American listeners or people outside the United Kingdom, a couple of things you have to understand about uh, famous labor dipshit Luke Akehurst. He's about my age. He looks about twenty years older than me. Very balding, not bald yet, but balding. Mm. <laughs> Legally, we can't say that he's bald, but he is unimpeachably <laughs> balding. <laughs> he 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 works for an organization called We Believe in Israel that is just constantly posting like sub Blake Fate Blake Flayton shit, like just I, absolute I, garbage. I believe in it. It's it's real. Um, he also is famous for saying that he was a huge proponent of nuclear weapons, and that in the case of a conflict, nuclear weapons could be deployed as a show of force measure, that you would pick an isolated part of the country and just nuke it to show you were serious. That's right. This guy is on the National (laughs) Executive Council of the Labor Party. Yeah. I'm not kidding. And he, he unfortunately, has been growing in influence because like, he, of course, positioned himself as sort of like, I hate Jeremy Corbyn and I'm always crying. Growing steadily redder and bolder and more powerful. Exactly. And so th- that that kind of guy is the kind of person who uh is yeah, in on the his, his his put it this way, kind of on the ascent in the Labour Party, the dumb party for idiots that we don't talk about except when we talk about it. Uh speaking of which, well, this episode is being recorded and we don't know what the future is going to hold. Batley There's a by-election in Batley and Spen. So I want to get I want to get you guys' takes on this. Guys being gender <laughs> neutral here. Of course. To me, so so the the, the picture that I want to paint of Batley and Spen is the following. Batley and Spen was a, is a constituency in Yorkshire. I've lived uh, in this country it, all my life. I didn't know where that was until just now. It's w- one of its basically it, it's a metropolitan elite. Yeah, that's right. I'm a patronizing southerner. That's I right. believe that its MP, Labour MP, won the Metro Yorkshire mayoralty. And so she, because she won that position, she can no longer be the MP for Batley and Spen. So she, uh, they have to have a by-election. Batley and Spen was a constituency that Joe Cox represented. Joe Cox was a Labour politician who was murdered in the run-up to the vote on the Brexit referendum by because a far-right fascist who uh, came up to her on the street and shot her and then stabbed her and said, Britain first, death to traitors. Um, and she didn't die immediately. She died incredibly painfully. Like it's a horrible story. Mm-hmm. Uh, this happened about nine, I don't know, seven days before the uh, the vote, and then of course the vote was for Brexit. Well, yeah. Well, now, well, now, well, now, well, now, like you know, the the whole thing is um, if if uh, that Keir Starmer should be uh, coursing the votes of uh, Joe Cox's murder. Yeah, yeah. Every, everything that has happened since has been like pandering to that guy in his cell, more or less. Effectively, the Labour Party has decided to stand as its candidate uh, in this by-election a woman named uh, Kim Leadbeater, who is Joe Cox's mm. sister. Now, she... Oh, what? Ha- 
She has not yeah, you didn't been know that? No, I did MP. not know that. No, she's, that's kind of like the, uh, well, like waving the bloody shirt thing, right? Do you oh, think Do you fuck. think domestic terrorism and political murder are bad? Well, if so, yeah. you should you should vote for us, even if you don't agree with our I, policies, because I presume on principle. Is her name pronounced Ledbetter? I'm going to guess assume, based on yeah. that. Oh, yeah, yeah, Ledbetter, Ledbeater. I don't know how do you say it, but yeah, Ledbetter. Mm. So so so, so fact- named because like 500 years ago, one guy was like, "Hey, that guy's beating the shit out of that lead." <laughs> He's yeah. really good at it. Yeah, lead uh, beater. What the cops should be allowed to do to kids <laughs> that are truant from school. And <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the thing is, right? Like, it's not to not to like deny Kim Ledbetter's agency in this or anything, but it feels really. I can't help but feel a little bit like it's. A sort of a really cynical move on the part of the Labour Party to be like, hey, do you remember when your local MP got murdered? Um, what if we replaced her with her sister, right? That's basically the same, yeah, right? And the divine right of Labour MPs. <laughs> well, Pretty and, much. And, and, and the thing, too, is that she was, they suspended party rules in order to make her the parliamentary candidate. She was on a, on a short list of one. They was, she was just ordained by national headquarters. So... It, it, what's going to happen, in my opinion, is see. Okay, to continue painting the scene, you think you have to realize is they have put the sister of the woman who was murdered by a fascist as their candidate in an election. However, two things are happening that are making Luke Akehurst sad right now. Yeah, I, I have a drop one, for one of them. Uh, number one is that for all of the smug, dumb bullshit that like. Britain's rotundist dads love to say about like, well, I'm sure that Palestine comes up on the doorstep every time. <laughs> Jeremy Corbyn. Palestine is actually coming up on the doorstep because Batley yeah. and Spen is back 25% Muslim and Muslim voters in that constituency by and large voted Labour, but a lot of them are like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Also, a lot of them are British Kashmiris and Labour has completely abdicated on having any position on the military occupation of Kashmir. Kim Ledbetter is like now having to scramble to put out leaflets uh, about how she is going to be your candidate for Kashmir and for Palestine. And everybody can see through that She's this like, is complete I love bullshit. Led Zeppelin. It's in the name. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's point number one. Is that Point number Nash two. Yeah. Is, is, is one of the worst people in Britain has showed up to which run way, in this constituency. Funk loving slut. Oh, of course. Yes, that guy. <laughs> George Galloway. George Galloway. Now, favorite. if you're not familiar with George Galloway, I feel as though we should, we should offer <laughs> a quick Go to YouTube right now and type in George Galloway cat. Yeah, Pause fa- the fucking podcast. <laughs> now, George this Galloway, is not, our this favorite This is not optional. Boy. Pause the podcast. <laughs> go to YouTube. He was the original cat boy, but doesn't get any attention um, because now uh, all the cat boys are twinks. Yeah, that's right. And, and George Galloway is a fantastic example of like much as how like the entire Blairite program of like moderate social democracy was totally incinerated by Iraq, sort of the inverse of that. Like you can do as much fucked up shit as you want. You will still have a lot of credit with a lot of people if you were right about the Iraq war being a bad idea. George Galloway was right about the Iraq war being a bad idea for deeply cynical reasons. And as such, that's burnished his credentials for the intervening 20 years. George Galloway, as I understand it also, was one of the heads of the Stop the War Coalition in 2003. He, however, the best way I can describe his politics is that he's sort of left wing when he wants to be and right wing when he wants to be, but always authoritarian. 
Yeah, he's like a he's like a British Perone, but shit. He's very transphobic. Uh, I get the impression that he'd probably be be pretty casually homophobic if he's, the situation he's very, required. He's, it. he's very Islamophobic. He um most notably Humza Yusuf, the SNP Justice Secretary, uh, who he was like, well, you know, he, he's not Scottish like I'm Scottish, kind of thing, uh, on Twitter. So yeah, he's a dickhead. But a lot of a lot of people do still believe that like he's more of a like known quantity. Than, uh, than like the Labour Party, which is going to do less than nothing. He's a known you. quantity of actual shit. Yeah, he 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 was an MP once, like an independent MP, wasn't he? He he was a Labour MP. He was like um he was like an old Labour MP. Wasn't he and the then, MP for Bethnal Green? Yep, Bethnal Green and oh, I think the, and the then trash future fucking constituency, baby. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then uh, like in the aftermath of the Stop the War Coalition having failed to stop the war, he started a like a party called Respect, which was like nominally left-wing and kind of like uh but like mostly anti-islamophobia which again has has like stored up some credit for him but like since then it's been like a, a sort of the wilderness years he's a huge bastard from what i can tell but yes. he's running he just recently ran unsuccessfully for a seat I believe in Scotland with Alba, which was like a right-wing Scottish nationalist party, and now he's running yeah, no gammons. notionally from the left on a get Keir Starmer out, uh, you know, free Palestine position. Now Galloway is a jackass, but Galloway also is going to where voters are and saying the shit that he's been saying for a long time about uh, the occupation of Palestine and the fact that the, the Labour Party fucking sucks. If if you if you're not nerds like us right if you if you kind of like pay attention to politics in the way that most people do george galloway has sort of like wandered out of your attention sort of in the aftermath of the iraq war uh, when he was saying there are no weapons of mass destruction saddam hussein and al-qaeda were not allied to each other this is going to be a massive foreign policy disaster has disappeared while he was doing all of the other terrible shit and has now sort of wandered back into the the edge of your field of vision saying the same things uh, at times quite convincingly and i think uh, you know uh, okay but he's not going to like necessarily peel off that many votes, but enough that it's a serious concern for the Labour Party. Yeah, at present, the polling looks like Labour is going to lose by something like five or six points. One poll, I think, had them eight down. Uh, we'll find out soon. We're recording it the day of the by-election, so we'll know the results tomorrow. The thing tomorrow. about Galloway is he's a true fucking chaos demon. He's like the Caroline Calloway of politics. Like No one really understands what he wants, like what his deal is. Like he, <laughs> And that's what makes him so dangerous. He's he's the dang Joker, and I mean, also we're gonna see whether or not, uh, like, the thing that's being pushed around in the press, the thing that's being briefed is, if the Labour Party lose this by-election, then it's knives out for Sir Keith Starmer. Uh, whether or not that's actually true, whether because like one thing we've learned is that the Labour Party and the Labour right specifically are hopeless at coups, and they're terrible at plotting them. Uh, so like there, there may just be a period where like nothing happens. There may be a period where like six people trip over their own dicks at once, or uh, possibly like I don't know. Uh, Andy Burnham is going to seize control of the radio station. I welcome the coup. He is. He but is I would in encourage command. the conspirators to go further and actually do one. <laughs> so I, I was going to say I wanted to ask Hussein a question because the, one of the things that I've been seeing in the British media is that uh, always anonymous labor sources are are saying. 
Well, uh, like the reason guys. why we're down in Batley and Spen is because Keir Starmer has been so aggressive in combating anti-Semitism. Now, he has yeah, done nothing. That was, yeah, that he's was like a nothing. line that was tried he's for done a lot fucking though. nothing. You have to understand they have done absolutely nothing actual. And we've talked about it with the labor leaks about what the, the, the crisis in labor was and how it was a thing that was they were literally sitting on substantiated claims of Holocaust denial from labor members because they were devoting money and time and resources to what they mm. call trot hunting. So the labor party is a fucking joke and they don't actually they don't give a fuck and they never gave a fuck. It was a factional weapon to to silence the left and to give the the the, the, the most boring home counties Lib Dem dads in the world a moral justification for their anti-left politics. However, what they're saying now is that uh, because Batley and Spen has a significant Muslim population, that if they don't win, it means that Muslims are anti-Semitic and they won't vote for labor because labor is combating anti-Semitism, which is fucking horse shit. But it's what it's what Keir Starmer thinks the Tory voters who will never vote for him want to hear. You have to do anti-Semitism or Islamophobia. That's the choice. You've got to do one. <laughs> and, and, and yeah. Yeah, you, yeah, you can't do both unless you're a very skilled politician. I was going to say, I mean, well, George like Galloway George has Galloway. done anti-Semitism and Islamophobia. Like, he absolutely. So, Hussein, I was just going to ask, because there is a significant population of, of Gujarati Muslim, British Gujarati Muslims in, in Batley and Spen, as well as British Kashmiri Muslims. And I'm, I'm interested in your take, because it does sort of, sort of seem like, you know, people from a community that you're a part of in the UK are, their labor is basically salivating about being able to blame them if they lose. Yeah, I mean, like, I've never, I don't know, like, the Batley and Spen community. And, like, I would, I also, like, am Gujarati, but, like, in the south so like my the general thing about like gujaratis in the south is that they're they are like fairly middle class and a lot of them are tory voters anyway and they've been tory voters for a long time um so i don't know whether that's like true in batley and spen i wouldn't be surprised if it was um so like and and this is and this is the thing that i've been thinking about a bit which is like if the tories like win the seat uh, uh tonight or like well whenever this like comes out um like, doesn't that sort of like trounce on like the, the Starmer narrative of like, um, you know, because you'll need like a, a bunch of them will probably vote Tory. And even um, even when that Galloway like video came out where you had like a bunch of um, supporters who had come from or like you had people coming from Birmingham um, who were not part of the community to basically say like, just vote anyone except Labour. And like, you know, we don't support the Labour Party because of what they do in like Kashmir. And like, you know, um, there were like several other things which weren't necessarily representative of what I think the community over there like sees as its concerns. But I do think that there's, this, there's also this like broader thing too of like, you can't really separate the fact that, you know, uh, during like the Corbyn years, like they were very good at like, um, they were very good at attracting like Muslim support in a much more unified way than like other labor leaders because of like the anti-war sentiment and because like the Iraq war and crucially everything that happened after the Iraq war in the UK in regards to like prevents and stuff, like how that really did affect the commute, like affect Muslims in the UK, like in quite a profound way with the effects that still sort of exist today. And like, there is still a lot of anger towards the Labour Party, which even during the Corbyn years, like, you know, there were a lot of Muslims who basically said, I'm not voting for Labour like ever again. I don't care who the leader is and stuff like that. And this is stuff that like a lot of commentators, um, columnists and stuff like that, just like, don't really, they never really 
put any effort into sort of understanding that. So the idea of like, because well, how would you oh, turn yeah. that against Jeremy Corbyn? <laughs> exactly. So what's like, the so, point in understanding it if it's not about Jeremy? Ex- Corbyn? Exactly. Like it's 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 very it's very dehumanizing. Um, but it's also just like these columnists, like who we're sort of referring to, and they're sort of and they're like abject supporters. They have their narrative and like ultimately, and some of them have even said this very directly, but like the purpose of the Starmer project isn't really to like win any seats or to like, you know, um, even even like do well in an election. It's to kind of get rid of the left. It's a very perverse, like, um, you know, uh, he may have lost the election, but uh, he won, he won in the battle of ideas, except like his ideas are what, like just getting rid of, you know, and that's the thing, like a lot of, you know, they view the purpose of a Labour leader to just like, get rid of as much of like what's left of momentum as possible. So like, they'll be very, very forgiving of him in a way that like they never were. Listen, you, you on the left with your ideological purity, you're not prepared for the adult politics of getting up at a hustings and saying calmly to the voters, you are anti-Semitic. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing I would say too, is that the one time that a labor leader uh, during a general election bucked the trend of declining labor votes since the Iraq war was 2017. Uh, who was leader then? Oh, uh, this guy. No one talks about him anymore. Owen Smith. And <laughs> nobody, the thing that gets me about it is like, there was a coalition at the time of voters and the labor right has seen that it is their role to destroy that coalition as much as possible because ultimately it doesn't matter if labor wins or not, they have a job and they are still, you know, fucking rubbing one out to Neil Kinnock speeches and like no one even fucking cares anymore. No one cares. Jeremy Corbyn used this very unfair and underhanded trick to win over the support of Muslim voters, which was not telling them that they're all a bunch of anti-Semites. And like, (laughs) we could all do that if we were moral cowards, but some of us have the courage to stand up and say every single Muslim hates Jews. (laughs) That's right. And if you're not prepared to say that, why are you in politics? Yeah, that's the thing, right? Like, you could be being facetious or you could be fucking serious. Like, (laughs) (laughs) this country, man, Jesus Christ. Um, Well, that being said, I feel like we've come a long way here. We have definitive proof that Riley got punked by a fake app. Yeah. Uh, we have definitive proof that... Secret Cinema in Kabul. Secret Cinema was in Kabul. Uh, we have definitive proof that the guy from Secret Cinema was dressed up as Lawrence of Arabia answering <laughs> questions to the press, saying that he didn't want to let in the wrong sort of people. <laughs> we have definitive proof that labor is still going on like what they believe is an effective line of sleaze against... Uh, In my head, just- I've got an amazing picture of you, Nate, as a U.S. Army officer having to do door security for Secret <laughs> Cinema in Kabul, <laughs> using that fucking like retina scanning camera, whatever the fuck they gave you, that was like IBM. Oh, the bad hide. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fucking hell. Yeah, man. Well, we also have proof that they're going to go. They're still trying the sleaze line. Like Rainer even said sleaze in her statement, and no one cares because uh, the, to me at least, and perhaps the the rest of you will agree or disagree. One of the byproducts of the moral compromise that these fuckheads made to basically go all in to sink the Corbyn coalition is they have forfeited, in my mind, the right to complain about corruption because they knew exactly what they were doing. And they're like, that's worth it to me. And so now it's just the fucking it's just the pigs from Angry Birds fucking making making derisive grunts and eating from the corruption trough. 
and they can't complain about it. They have no right to complain. Fuck you. You did it to yourselves. And the thing about it is, it's just like- That's what really hurts. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it sucks for us because we have to live in hell uh, (laughs) and it just keeps getting worse and worse every day. But to me, at least like seeing all this play out, you realize how empty of any real ideas they are. And I think the, 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 the bloody standard of like, well, you- you you wouldn't vote against the sister of someone who was murdered in this constituency, would you? Like that to me just oh oh they might oh fuck actually now now Nate you've just made me I've had an epiphany which is the Starmerite coalition in the Labour Party they all of their policy and the way they address people has the exact intonation of the you wouldn't steal a car cinema. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you wouldn't you wouldn't vote. For the for the Tories, would you? Piracy <laughs> funds terrorism. Exactly. Yeah, piracy <laughs> funds anti-Semitism. Oh, fucking Christ! Home well, anyway. is killing music. Well, hmm. th- they might win. Oh, Keir Starmer would absolutely prosecute someone for home taping a CD. Well, you know what? That's the thing. You're right. They might win. We'll see. We'll find out. But uh, it, I, I... it's coming home. It's coming home. Is oh no, well it might have to go to penalties, that'll be exciting. <laughs> well that being said, um, we, have, we have managed to pilot this ship, plane, vessel, craft of some dirigible. sort, mm. dirigible, uh, Goodyear blimp that's in London for some reason. Mm. Hondo uh, motorbike across Kabul. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Ta- Tonda motorbike. <laughs> Yeah, we we've we've pilot we've piloted the ship as well as they pilot the spaceship in the new Fast and Furious movie. A scene which does exist. They do go to space. I've got to see that. Um, <laughs> I've just been thinking about that for the whole day. Like they go to space. They go to space. Wait, they go to space in the the newest Fast and Furious movie. Yes, they go to space. Yeah, they drive there. It takes a little bit longer, but it is cheaper. <laughs> Was that like Elon Musk paying a lot of money? I don't for know. A I'm gonna plug? like. I'm gonna see if I can find the scene. But I think not only do they go to space, but they do like a funky. I don't like, need oxygen. I, think they, I got family. I think they take a car to space, and they do like a, they they do a they do a car trick in space. Awesome. Well, <laughs> you know what, Nate? We're not letting you end this podcast. Yeah, I can't fucking. I, always, I can't. I always talk thought the shit. guys in Fast and the Furious were gonna do docking at some point, but. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? Mm. It's 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 a shame, but hopefully Paul Walker is staring down at them from mm. somewhere in space. Yeah, that's they're going to do them. like a two thousand one <laughs> yeah. space odyssey thing, like they go through the obelisk and then they're like having a weird like celestial tea party with Paul Walker. Pa- Paul Walker has been like uh, posthumously converted to Mormonism and looks down <laughs> upon them from Kolob. <laughs> Paul Walker tells them, hey, don't worry, this this ship's been missing for a few years and it may have been a research vessel to create a black hole, but there's nothing bad on it. So don't worry at all about boarding the ship and definitely watch the videos. Mm. Uh, you think the Labour Party's going to lose the uh, the USS Lewis and Clark by-election? Mm. <laughs> Do you it's think possible. Labour knows that where they're going, they don't need eyes to see? George, George Galloway floating through space. Spunk loving slots. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Batley in space. I do think go. I do think that would be very, very funny. Like, yeah, if there if there was if there was British politics in space, somehow George Galloway would get there to just annoy people. Oh yeah, Chris <laughs> yeah. Williamson would show up. They'd all be there. Mm. British British generation ship. 
that's only politicians. The worst thing I can imagine. Mm. Yeah, deep space nonce. <laughs> <laughs> What's the satanic zone of the solar system? <laughs> the closer to the sun you get, Venus is just turbo nonsense. It's like it's, it, it's like the it's like the Kuiper belt of asteroids, but it's just like it's like an asteroid belt where nonsense happens. That's what the great filter is. That's why there's no alien civilizations. Is because as you become a spacefaring civilization, mm. you get more nonce until you nonce yourself out of existence. Yeah, no one's reproducing because everyone's nonsense. Yeah, an asteroid belt, but it's unbuckled. <laughs> oh, God. The nonce nebula. <laughs> All right, well, every single one of us on this recording has our own podcast, aside from Trash yeah. Future. Mm, right. I have What a Hell of a Way to Die. Uh, Milo. Yeah, please. You have. Please check out Masters of Our Domain, the podcast that we do that's like, I, I can't explain the show. It's a fun show. It's a comedy show where we talk about Seinfeld, but not really. It's mostly a comedy show. The Seinfeld, like if you like Seinfeld, you might get something out of it extra, but like mostly it's a show that anyone can enjoy. Nate's been on it. Alice has been on it. Hussein's been on it. Hey, even mm. Riley's been on it. That fucking guy. So check that out. Mm. And of course, Alice, you have numerous other shows as well. I have. Well, there's your problem. If you like engineering disasters and I have Kill James Bond with friends of the show Abigail Thorne and Devon. Produced by me, of course. Produced by you, of course. everything is fucking in-house. And the we Nate also- Bethay extended universe. <laughs> now featuring George uh, yeah. Galloway. Floating through it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I imagine George Galloway trying to rebrand his show, do his famous line into a podcast about, like, mindfulness called life-loving sluts or something along those lines. <laughs> 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 Hussein, you've uh, you've also got some shows. Yeah, I've, uh, yeah, I've yeah, I have a podcast called Mindfulness Sluts. Um, no, it's called uh, <laughs> it's called uh, it's called Ten Thousand Posts. Uh, it's a show about posting uh, and posters brain. Uh, yeah, it's it's a good show. You should listen to it. You should. Mm. Milk loving cat George Galloway <laughs> of the Warrior, the new podcast. Mm. Oh fucking Christ! Well. Thank We're you never going to end the episode. No. You can say no. well as many times as you want. We're going to add a new thing. <laughs> mm. That's fine. That's fine. Do, do what you want. If you want to you keep riffing, you want to make this a Balthazar speedboat, you want everyone on the show <laughs> to piss themselves because they haven't pissed for 90 minutes. <laughs> or if they have yeah, been kinda. pissing, they have secret fucking catheters that I don't know about. Welcome to the Omarashi podcast. Secret <laughs> catheters. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm just also laughing about George Galloway, like reading down a list of weird, like porn advert phrasings. <laughs> do, you, do you think we could get George Galloway? Do you think we could like pay him enough to read the cock and ball torture Wikipedia? George end? Galloway cameo <laughs> when? <laughs> mm. Yeah, cock and ball torture. <laughs> It's an act during which the testicles. Brett was more Ian Paisley than All Star says no. The cock and balls of Ulster. She no. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Catch us on the Patreon uh, a couple of days from now, and we will talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.